Act Two of The Chenchi by Percy Bysshe Shelley. This is the LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two, Scene One An apartment in the Chenchi Palace. Enter Lucretia and Bernardo. Weep not, my gentle boy. He struck but me who have borne deeper wrongs. In truth, if he had killed me, he had done a kinder deed. O oh God Almighty, do thou look upon us. We have no other friend but only thee. Yet weep not. Though I love you as my own, I am not your true mother. Oh, more, more than ever mother was to any child, that you have been to me. Had he not been my father, do you think that I should weep? Alas, poor boy, what else couldst thou have done? Enter Beatrice. Beatrice, in a hurried voice. Did he pass this way? Have you seen him, brother? Ah, uh, no, that is his step upon the stairs. Tis nearer now. His hand is on the door. Mother, if I to thee have ever been a duteous child, now save me. Thou great God, whose image upon earth a father is, Dost thou indeed abandon me? He comes. The door's opening now. I see his face. He frowns on others, but he smiles on me, even as he did after the feast last night. Enter a servant. Almighty God, how merciful thou art. Tis but Orsino's servant. Well, what news? My master bids me say, the Holy Father has sent back your petition thus unopened. Giving a paper. And he demands at what hour t'were secure to visit you again. At the Ave Maria. Exit, servant. So, daughter, our last hope has failed. How oh, me, how pale you look. You tremble and you stand wrapped in some fixed and fearful meditation, as if one thought were overstrong for you. Your eyes have a chill glare. Oh, dearest child, are you gone mad? If not, pray speak to me. You see, I am not mad. I speak to you. You talked of something that your father did after that dreadful feast. Could it be worse than when he smiled and cried, My sons are dead? And everyone looked in his neighbor's face to see if others were as white as he. At the first word he spoke, I felt the blood rush to my heart and fell into a trance. And when it passed, I sat all weak and wild, whilst you alone stood up and with strong words checked his unnatural pride, and I could see the devil was rebuked that lives in him. Until this hour thus have you ever stood between us and your father's moody wrath, like a protecting presence. Your firm mind has been our only refuge and defence. What can have thus subdued it? What can now have given you that cold, melancholy look, succeeding to your unaccustomed fear? What is it that you say? I was just thinking twere better not to struggle any more. Men like my father have been dark and bloody, yet never... Oh, before worse comes of it, twere wise to die... It ends in that at last. Oh, talk not so, dear child. 
tell me at once what did your father do or say to you he stayed not after that accursed feast one moment in your chamber speak to me oh sister sister prithee speak to us beatrice speaking very slowly with a forced calmness it was one word mother one little word one look one smile oh he has trampled me under his feet and made the blood stream down my pallid cheeks and he has given us all ditch water and the fever-stricken flesh of buffaloes and bade us eat or starve and we have eaten he has made me look on my beloved bernardo when the rust of heavy chains has gangrened his sweet limbs and i have never yet despaired but now what could i say recovering herself ah oh, no tis nothing new the sufferings we all share have made me wild he only struck and cursed me as he passed he said he looked he did nothing at all beyond his want yet it disordered me alas i am forgetful of my duty i should preserve my senses for your sake nay beatrice have courage my sweet girl if any one despairs it should be i who loved him once and now must live with him till god in pity call for him or me for you may like your sister find some husband and smile years hence with children round your knees whilst i then dead and all this hideous coil shall be remembered only as a dream talk not to me dear lady of a husband did you not nurse me when my mother died did you not shield me and that dearest boy and had we any other friend but you in infancy with gentle words and looks to win our father not to murder us and shall i now desert you may the ghost of my dead mother plead against my soul if i abandon her who filled the place she left with more even than a mother's love and i am of my sister's mind indeed i would not leave you in this wretchedness even though the pope should make me free to live in some blithe place like others of my age with sports and delicate food and the fresh air oh never think that i will leave you mother my dear dear children enter cenci suddenly what beatrice here come hither she shrinks back and covers her face nay hide not your face tis fair look up why yesternight you dared to look with disobedient insolence upon me bending a stern and an inquiring brow on what i meant whilst i then sought to hide that which i came to tell you but in vain beatrice wildly staggering towards the door oh that the earth would gape hide me o oh god then it was i whose inarticulate words fell from my lips and who with tottering steps fled from your presence as you now from mine stay i command you from this day and hour never again i think with fearless eye and brow superior and unaltered cheek and that lip made for tenderness or scorn 
shalt thou strike dumb the meanest of mankind me least of all now get thee to thy chamber thou too loathed image of thy cursed mother to bernardo thy milky meek face makes me sick with hate exeunt beatrice and bernardo Chenchi aside so much has passed between us as must make me bold her fearful tis an awful thing to touch such mischief as i now conceive so men sit shivering on the dewy bank and try the chill stream with their feet once in how the delighted spirit pants for joy lucretia advancing timidly towards him oh husband pray forgive poor beatrice she meant not any ill nor you perhaps nor that young imp whom you have taught by rote parricide with his alphabet nor giacomo nor those two most unnatural sons who stirred enmity up against me with the pope whom in one night merciful god cut off innocent lambs they thought not any ill you were not here conspiring you said nothing of how i might be dungeoned as a madman or be condemned to death for some offence and you would be the witnesses this failing how just it were to hire assassins or put sudden poison in my evening drink or smother me when overcome by wine seeing we had no other judge but god and he had sentenced me and there were none but you to be the executioners of his decree and registered in heaven oh no you said not this so help me god i never thought the things you charge me with if you dare speak that wicked lie again i'll kill you what it was not by your counsel that beatrice disturbed the feast last night you do not hope to stir some enemies against me and escape and laugh to scorn what every nerve of you now trembles at you judge that men were bolder than they are few dare to stand between their grave and me look not so dreadfully by my salvation i knew not aught that beatrice designed nor do i think she designed anything until she heard you talk of her dead brothers blaspheming liar you are damned for this but i will take you where you may persuade the stones you tread on to deliver you for men there shall be none but those who dare all things not question that which i command on wednesday next i shall set out you know that savage rock the castle of petrila tis safely walled and moated round about its dungeons underground and its thick towers never told tales though they have heard and seen what might make dumb things speak why do you linger make speediest preparation for the journey exit lucretia 
the all-beholding sun yet shines i hear a busy stir of men about the streets i see the bright sky through the window panes it is a garish broad and peering day loud light suspicious full of eyes and ears and every little corner nook and hole is penetrated with the insolent light come darkness yet what is the day to me and wherefore should i wish for night who do a deed which shall confound both night and day tis she shall grope through a bewildering mist of horror if there be a sun in heaven she shall not dare to look upon its beams nor feel its warmth let her then wish for night the act i think shall soon extinguish all for me i bear a darker deadlier gloom than the earth's shade or interlunar air or constellations quenched in murkiest cloud in which i walk secure and unbeheld towards my purpose would that it were done exit scene two a chamber in the vatican enter camillo and giacomo in conversation there is an obsolete and doubtful law by which you might obtain a bare provision of food and clothing nothing more alas bare must be the provision which strict law awards and aged sullen avarice pays why did my father not apprentice me to some mechanic trade i should have then been trained in no high-born necessities which i could meet not by my daily toil the eldest son of a rich nobleman is heir to all his incapacities he has wide wants and narrow powers if you cardinal camillo were reduced at once from thrice-driven beds of down and delicate food and hundred servants and six palaces to that which nature doth indeed require nay there is reason in your plea twere hard tis hard for a firm man to bear but i have a dear wife a lady of high birth whose dowry in ill hour i lent my father without a bond or witness to the deed and children who inherit her fine senses the fairest creatures in this breathing world and she and they reproach me not cardinal do you not think the pope would interpose and stretch authority beyond the law though your peculiar case is hard i know the pope will not divert the course of law after that impious feast the other night i spoke to him and urged him then to check your father's cruel hand he frowned and said children are disobedient and they sting their father's hearts to madness and despair requiting years of care with contumely i pity the count cenci from my heart his outraged love perhaps awakened hate and thus he is exasperated to ill 
in the great war between the old and young i who have white hairs and a tottering body will keep at least blameless neutrality enter orsino you my good lord orsino heard these words what words alas repeat them not again there then is no redress for me at least none but that which i may achieve myself since i am driven to the brink but say my innocent sister and my only brother are dying underneath my father's eye the memorable torturers of this land gallias visconti borgia etzelin never inflicted on the meanest slave what these endure shall they have no protection why if they would petition to the pope i see not how he could refuse it yet he holds it of most dangerous example in aught to weaken the paternal power being as twere the shadow of his own i pray you now excuse me i have business that will not bear delay exit camillo but you orsino have the petition wherefore not present it i have presented it and backed it with my earnest prayers and urgent interest it was returned unanswered i doubt not but that the strange and execrable deeds alleged in it in truth they might well baffle any belief have turned the pope's displeasure upon the accusers from the criminal so i should guess from what camillo said my friend that palace walking devil gold has whispered silence to his holiness and we are left as scorpions ringed with fire what should we do but strike ourselves to death for he who is our murderous persecutor is shielded by a father's holy name or oh, i would stops abruptly what fear not to speak your thought words are but holy as the deeds they cover a priest who has forsworn the god he serves a judge who makes the truth weep at his decree a friend who should weave counsel as i now but as the mantle of some selfish guile a father who is all a tyrant seems with a profaner for his sacred name ask me not what i think the unwilling brain feigns often that it would not and we trust imagination with such fantasies as the tongue dares not fashion into words which have no words their horror makes them dim to the mind's eye my heart denies itself to think what you demand but a friend's bosom is as the inmost cave of our own mind where you sit shut from the wide gaze of day and from the all-communicating air you look what i suspected spare me now i am as one lost in a midnight wood who dares not ask some harmless passenger the path across the wilderness lest he as my thoughts are should be a murderer 
I know you are my friend, and all I dare speak to my soul, that will I trust with thee. But now my heart is heavy, and would take lone counsel from a night of sleepless care. Pardon me, that I say farewell, farewell. I would that to my own suspected self I could address a word so full of peace. Farewell. Be your thoughts better or more bold. Exit Giacomo. I had disposed the Cardinal Camillo to feed his hope with cold encouragement. It fortunately serves my close designs that tis a trick of this same family to analyze their own and others' minds. Such self-anatomy will teach the will dangerous secrets, for it tempts our powers, knowing what must be thought and may be done, into the depth of darkest purposes. So Chenchi fell into the pit. Even I, since Beatrice unveiled me to myself, and made me shrink from what I cannot shun, show a poor figure to my own esteem, to which I grow half reconciled. I'll do as little mischief as I can. That thought shall feed the accuser conscience. After a pause. Now, what harm if Chenchi should be murdered? Yet, if murdered, wherefore by me? And what if I could take the profit, yet omit the sin and peril of such an action? Of all the earthly things, I fear a man whose blows outspeed his words, and such is Chenchi. And while Chenchi lives, his daughter's dowry were a secret grave if a priest wins her. Ah, oh, fair Beatrice, would that I love thee not, or, loving thee, could but despise danger and gold and all that frowns between my wish and its effect, or smiles beyond it. There is no escape. Her bright form kneels beside me at the altar, and follows me to the resort of men, and fills my slumber with tumultuous dreams. So when I wake my blood seems liquid fire and if I strike my damp and dizzy head, my hot palm scorches it. Her very name, but spoken by a stranger, makes my heart sicken and pant, and thus unprofitably I clasp the phantom of unfelt delights till weak imagination half-possesses the self-created shadow. Yet much longer will I not nurse this life of feverous hours. From the unraveled hopes of Giacomo I must work out my own dear purposes. I see, as from a tower, the end of all. Her father dead, her brother bound to me by a dark secret, surer than the grave. Her mother scared and unexpostulating from the dread manner of her wish achieved. And she, once more, take courage, my faint heart. What dare is a friendless maiden matched with thee? I have such foresight as a sure success. Some unbeheld divinity doth ever, when dread events are near, stir up men's minds to black suggestions. And he prospers best, not who becomes the instrument of ill, but who can flatter the dark spirit that makes its empire and its prey of other hearts, 
till it become his slave, as I will do. Exit End of the Second Act